Hello and welcome to the Night's Rewatch, covering the final season of Game of Thrones for rewatchers with a companion podcast for every episode, brought to you by Bolin Media, hosted by myself, Ross Bolin, and my dear friend, Mr. Barrett Dudley. This final season of the Night's Rewatch was originally recorded in the summer of 2020 when things were chaotic professionally for Barrett and I, and as such, we were forced to put it behind our paywall on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles. But in celebration of the first Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon, premiering August 21st on HBO, we are waking the dragon and releasing it for all to consume. Please note, as this episode was recorded in 2020, it may contain dated references and jokes. We are now on TikTok at Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Also follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, and on Twitter at Clams and Cockles for House of the Dragon updates and content. Finally, if you enjoy OCC, please take a moment to rate and review our show on your preferred platform. Now, enjoy this episode of the Night's Rewatch. Welcome back for another ad-free edition of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles right here on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles for all the members of the Crustacean Nation and Mollusk Militia. My name is Ross Bolin, and I'm here as always with my buddy, Mr. Barrett Dudley, today to take part in the night's rewatch, Barrett. Yeah, um, I'm very excited to talk about this episode. Uh, you know, things are just really ratcheting up here. And um, I've got, you know, once again, I've got a lot of lot of thoughts, new, both new and old, and uh, and and intertwined all together. Uh, Plus, the old gods and the new. All the old gods and the new. Plus, Ross, I don't know if you if you caught this, but um, Drew Barrymore was in this episode. You know, I totally forgot that Drew Barrymore played Daenerys. That's yeah, that's right, that's right. It was her, and they and she took turns with uh, with Reese Witherspoon, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, that's been, uh, you know, Barrett, that was a fun part of our ad-based podcast this week that went horribly awry, and uh, I am reaping the uh, the seeds that I sowed yeah. throughout the course of that episode, now in the form of social media shaming as people make fun of me all day yesterday and today. Yeah, and we are, um, we're also, we're closing out our Game of Thrones talk with this episode, right? We're just we're closing. Yeah, it this out. is it. We're not even going to do the finale. Well, uh, we this just is won't, actually that, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we figured you know what, but really they should have stopped the show after the bells anyway. Frankly, <laughs> dude. All right, so let's just jump into it. It's one of the things that occurred to me watching this episode. Well, first of all, just an insane, stressful hour and what ten minutes or whatever. Like. The intensity in this episode is uh, maybe unparalleled. Now, whether it makes sense or makes you happy is one thing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the way they built this episode to make it um, horrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's it's a lot to handle. Even having already seen it, even knowing the decision that Daenerys makes, watching it all back, it is very tense. You it is it's uncomfortable. You are on the edge of your seat, tightness in the chest, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Um, it, 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 yeah, it, it does that piece of, it does that piece of it really, really well. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, 
it's quite an achievement in, in that piece of the storytelling for sure. Um, I, I'll just say up front, one, one of the things that I'm really liking about watching back this season um, a year removed is I'm I'm very much able to separate these episodes from their whole. Right? So no, I'm wa- much so, more so, yeah. So I'm watching each episode far more in a vacuum and evaluating like episode by episode rather than thinking strictly about the sum of the parts, the story told, the season as a whole. Um, and the series and, as a whole, yeah, it's easier to just take the series it. as a whole. I'm just taking it episode by episode, and and I'll just say up front, uh, after after this one, I think I've changed my mind. I actually think I think this might be the best episode of the season, as opposed to uh, I had previously said that the long night was the best episode. Now I'm thinking it might be this one. Man, um, it's one that after you know having had a full year. This one changed the most for me out of any episode we've watched so far. The only part that still strikes me is like, ah, oh, I wish they could have gotten us a little more here for reasoning, logic, to make us feel like Danny. I got more of it this second watch through. Danny's buildup throughout the course of the episode to the point where she breaks. Mm-hmm. The thing that still doesn't translate for me totally is we have that tense moment where we wait. Are these fuckers going to ring these bells or not? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, God, they're not going to. Everybody's going to die. And then they ring them, and we're like, oh, yes, sick, dude, sick. Things are really working out. We're doing it. And and then she snaps. Um, and the next 30 minutes of the show is her flaming the entire city and everyone we love dying. So <laughs> it's like that uh, – up until that point, though, I, I'm – dude, this is – this is one of the best episodes in the history of TV now for me a year removed. It's so fucking crazy to watch. The action, the CGI they were able to pull off, the the dude. It's terrifying. It's it's like watching a a mass execution occur. I mean, it's, plus so much happens. Like this episode starts and Varys is uh is betraying uh Daenerys. By the end you forgot it even happened. And, Varys was even a part. Right, of it. and I'm like and 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 then by the time he gets taken to the dragon uh, to be killed, I'm like, man, a lot is going to happen in this episode. Like, Varys dies. John meets with Danny. Um, you know, they all go down to King's Landing. Uh, the the iron the iron fleet gets torched. There's the city. There's the um, there's Clegane Bull. Cersei and Jamie die. Jamie has the fight with Euron. Like, there's just so, like so much goes on in this episode, dude. It's like fifteen it's, you have major the whole, you have the whole Arya Arya sequence, um, Arya and the Hound. Like, it's just it's it's scene after scene after scene that are that that are pretty you know momentous. And so uh, they really, I mean, they pack a lot into this episode. Yeah, no. In that regard, which, which could speak to to you know maybe they should have spent. It, maybe for you it would have been better if they had spent a little less time bouncing around to so many different happenings and goings ons, and if they had focused a little bit more on on um, on the Danny on Danny there. But but here's the thing, you know, like like we've talked about already with 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 our 2020 hindsight here. It, it really is pretty clear uh, that they're telling you that Danny is going to do this. 
for I think for us last year, we kept saying no, no, no. Like we know what they're saying, but we don't think that she'll actually go there. Yeah, we were she in is, denial. Yeah, she is going to make that last that that la- that final decision to be good instead of bad. And she and she doesn't. She, you know, <laughs> no, she, she does the opposite. She yeah. follows all the cues that we've been given. Um, but I, I mean, you know, I think maybe some of the things that struck me more this go round is uh is the the reactions and the expressions and desperation from Tyrion. He you know, his facial he, acting in this episode is one of the few bright knows. points for him in the whole he season. Knows. Well, he knows cuz Varys tells him point blank or and John, everyone, "Hey, we all know what this chick's about to do. Uh uh everybody knows what I have to do, right? Like I have to try to stop it because I, we all everybody knew that she was on the verge of snapping. And you see it from the beginning of the episode. They do such a good job of building it. And that's the part that I'm telling you. It's like, to be specific here, everything in this episode that builds Danny toward her breaking point yep. hit hit more for me, way more for me than it did in the first go-round. Mm-hmm. Everything about that opening scene with Tyrion and her hair down, she's she looks like her fucking dad in the in yeah, the window, she, you know, yeah. like Mad King. Everything about the way that none of this goes her way, like she 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 has this example in her head of Marine, right? You know, yep. I mean, I showed up and these people fucking did it for me because they, they knew how much I had gone through to get to them. Basically, mm-hmm. like is her her she has herself in her head as this destined queen. This is her rightful throne. These people should be waiting for her, willing for her. So the part that all of it hits, all of it works, all of it logically makes sense to me in terms of what. Way more so than the first go round, but then when we get to the point where the bells ring, I still—that's the—I still don't get it. I still don't get why, Danny. Like, so I get the rage, the anger. I get seeing the tower. I get knowing, fuck Cersei. Like, fuck all these people. Sure, but why burn thousands of innocent men, women, and children? Yeah, I mean, it's not a rational decision. <laughs> so. So it's not one that's easy to justify. We can only kind of kind of guess here. Um, but I think honestly, I, I think that you're that what you just mentioned, the marine thing, to me that was the number one factor. As I'm watching this back, one thing that that struck me this time around, it takes them so long to ring the goddamn bells. So She's sitting there and she can hear like a few people begging for somebody to go ring the bell. One lady in the back, ring the bell. And it takes so long for somebody to even to 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 ring the damn bell. And I I just think that 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 piece of it is what is eating at her as she sits up there. That that in those other places, people welcomed her with open arms as a savior, not as a tyrant, not as a conqueror. She was a savior. She was Misa, mother, to these people, right? Right. And she and and even in this moment, when when the city is sacked, like they can't get off their ass to ring the bell and like let her let her in there to you know. It takes yeah, it takes and, and so long, and she feels that it's just it's just fear. That's all they have for her is fear. And, they, yep. they, and as she said at the beginning of the episode, like, fine, let it be fear or whatever. And they, they, there's no they, their their reaction in that moment is is 
it, it's no closer to, to what she experienced across the narrow sea. It's no, I, they don't suddenly feel, feel warm or grateful to her for saving them from Cersei. They're just terrified. And on top of that, they can't even ring the bell fast. Like it's, it's almost like, and I'm putting myself in her shoes. It's almost like they're not going to, not going to ring them. Yeah. And I mean, another piece of this pie that sort of like really rung more true, no pun intended for me, this, this, this go round was watching Jon Snow and her and her attempt to continue their love affair. And that sort of moment between them where it is acknowledged that this isn't going to happen. Yeah. This is not going to be. It is not. It is dead. The John can't do it. He cannot be her lover. He cannot love her the way she wants him to. The the relation thing, the the relationships with his sisters, uh, everything about this has put John in a position where he no longer feels comfortable being in a sexual intimate relationship with Danny. And the way that breaks her is, man, you have to remember this is a woman who has been through a lot. Um, a human being who has been through a lot. And if you look back to the beginning of her storyline with Khal Drogo, how horribly wrong things go with the love of her life um, and and everything between then and now, that part of it was the other piece. It's like, yes, the, these fuckers should have rung the bell. Also, she's looking up at the tower and she's thinking to herself like, man, that is basically Hitler to me. If you're Danny, Cersei's the most evil person in the world. Mm. And none of these fuckers did anything to help you stop her. They might as well be on her team. And what? And, yeah. and what, the Jon Snow thing, when you add it into that, like it really, really, really does way more so than it did last year. I understand her snapping. It's just the part about the Tyrion specifically saying thousands of, of children, mm-hmm. thousands of children will die. And I can't. It's like, I guess the part of it is, it's the accepting that Danny all the way broke bad here. She went full Mad Queen in a way that ju- it, it, it almost like we all hate it, but it's like that thing. It really does. It's almost like they're saying like, you cannot escape your like, your gene pool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I think what we can look when she's sitting there and she keeps talking about about the people of King's Landing and Cersei and about how how what the the mercy that she's going to show them is freeing them and their children and their grandchildren from ever being under the rule of a tyrant again when she is very very clearly going to be a tyrant everything she is doing is tyrannical here <laughs> so that that's what that's what we have going on in this episode is like somebody that is is deluding themselves into justifying whatever means it takes to get to the end so 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 everything that is just like going against her and she just keeps having to like swim past it and brush it aside and say that she's on this mission and she's going to do whatever it takes and that because she's doing it that means that it ha- that it's good and that she's a that she's a savior you know there there she can't she can't at this point she cannot say man these people really don't want me here i i Maybe the, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I should just let them let them deal with Cersei. That's what they clearly want so badly. And I'm going to I'm going to pack up my shit and go back to where the people like <laughs> me. It's too late for that. She can't do that. 
No, but, you're right. And that's, it's a thing that's like, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to, yeah. So, I, I, you know, she has clearly, like, she's lost the plot here. And, and I think all those moments where she says that she's freeing them from a tyrant when, when, um, when she is very clearly going to be somewhat of a tyrant, it, it, even if things play out really well here, um, you know, cause she's going to demand fealty. These people aren't going to, they're not going to love her like they do in Marine. So she's going to have to demand that and scare the shit out of them to get it. That's, that's a tyrant. So, so yeah, the, the, the fact that I think at this point she is going, she is justifying anything and everything because she's delusional. Um, and, and even though she, she gives Grey Worm the nod when Tyrion begs her to like, you know, stand down if they ring the bells, that means they surrender. I think that in her head, what she's agreeing to is when they ring the bells, if they start overthrowing the city and they rush up into the Red Keep and rip Cersei out of there and like she still needs them to Misa. She, to, she needs to, a Misa give, to give her something, not just cower because she's standing on the wall with a dragon. Um, let You mentioned the Jon Snow thing and, and how big of a piece of a, the puzzle that is, which I, I totally agree. My question about that is is more in regards to Jon Snow. He tells Ver it, it's it, is it is it a little weird to you that he like Varys confronts him with the possibility of of what Danny might do and he says that's her decision to make. And then he stands idly by, doesn't say anything in defense of Varys when she decides to execute him even though he like suddenly looks worried. Mm-hmm. Uh he partakes in the sacking of the city um is it like like what 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 why does john go along with it for so long why why does he seem to be okay with whatever decision she makes i i I don't know it's almost like john got frozen by everything going on in these last in this final season right like the the weight of everything with the night king him like Essentially, getting to a point where he thought, "Well, we're all going to die. We failed, and I didn't. That this, I'm not even going to get out of this little area with this dragon in front. I'm about to get roasted. Like everything goes horribly wrong for him to the point that I think he's just so exhausted, dude. Yeah. Here at this point in King's Landing, that he's like, you see him like pleading with people. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake, man, please stop, like." No, quit murdering and raping. Like, look, man, I'm even going to hold you up against this wall for a second and give you a chance to think about it before I run my fucking sword through you. Like, he's just like, God damn it. Like, everything's gone horribly wrong. And it almost speaks to, like, the whole John gets to go up. No, like, dude, fuck society. Right, right. If you're Jon Snow, like, fuck all these people. Like, totally, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Go full Bon Iver into the woods. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, now, who wants to be a part of this? Not me. I'm completely with John. His, yeah, like, yeah. apathy and whole his whole attitude at this point I mean, and it'll come even more to fruition next episode, obviously. But there's like, yo, he break everybody hits a breaking point. Yeah, in this episode, yeah, and he does too, where he's just like, I don't know how to help anybody anymore. Yeah, you know, we 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 when we get the Daenerys starts burning the city, and we get the vision that we've seen a few times from Bran, the shadow of the dragon flying over King's Landing. Yeah. By the way, fuck Bran. Just want to continue so, to remind everybody that this is all his well, fault. Well, so I, that's that's where I'm going to go. That's that's pretty much where I'm going with this. Oh, I, good, so good, I, good. So I I started thinking about that and how that was like a big that was a big moment 
for us based on everything Huge. that we've seen. Here is finally the vision that Brand has been seeing seasons. this whole time. Seasons of this, Bill. Um, yes. Here it is. This is what he's seen. And then she's killing, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And Cersei, no better, honestly. I mean, because you know that she would have done the same type of shit. She she did kill thousands with... Uh, she put these people in this position when, too, when, when Don't she, forget that. When she exploded the... Um, Sept was it the Sept? But she also, but she also used these people. She brought them all inside the Red yeah. Keep. She, she, she used them and put them in this position. So, so all of that. I'm just, I'm, and I'm trying to think. I, I was trying to think in that moment when we get that, when we get that shadowy dragon. Like, what were, what were the showrunners? What were the writers of Game of Thrones more so than George Martin at this point? What were they trying to say? What were they trying to tell us? Because even though this was blockbuster shit by by the time we got to to season eight i still think that game of thrones was always kind of you know saying something about uh, about family and about power and about corruption and, and and about all of that always and so i i i did kind of like i started getting the feeling and then we tie that to john snow's constant rejection of any type of like leadership role and certainly an all-out you know, denial of, of, of any type of like, thr- you know, throne. Sure. Um, I don't want it. That, that I, I, it's almost like they're saying that like, no matter what, no matter what the person in power is going to do bad shit. Yeah. I mean, it's that, you know, the old adage of absolute power corrupts absolutely. And in the end, that is sort of one of the main messages this show uh, delivered. It, 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 you cannot have that be the system, right? Like, there's a reason it doesn't work over and over and over well, and over throughout the Seven Kingdoms. And even if even if there is a system, though, I, I mean, look at our system. Politicians suck ass. Oh yeah, like yeah, no, no, they're this all is, horrible it, people. Yes, it, it. Part of the thing is for sure. Part of the message is absolutely. That if you are going, there's something about power, right? And how this show, so much of it is about power. How many lines do we get about power? Power is power. And power itself is a very dangerous thing, obviously. The message that it delivers being um, like, if you, if you, to even want that much power. Yes, automatically a strike against you. And then to do all of the things necessary to get there, by the time you're there, you've lost your original – that's what happens with all of our politicians, yep, right? Totally. They go in, I'm going to do good. I'm going to change the world. But by the time they realize the things they have to do to get to the places they need to be to make the changes they need, they don't yep. give a fuck about the changes anymore. They've been so salted and ruined by everything that they don't care and they're horrible just like all the other ones. Right. And that's sort of the thing that Danny – like she wants to be this savior. She wants to be this good queen. She wants, she does, goes through all this shit, step after step after step, being told time and again, no. And you got to think back to like the scenes with the fat little bald guy mocking her at, at, uh, in Karth. Like she took so many lumps, dude. And it broke her. Like she 
all the stuff she had to go through to get to this point poisoned her enough to where she could not hold on to her original goals, right. which was to be yep. different than all these other thi- than all these other tyrants and break the wheel. Yep. Did we have the full amount of time on the show to give us that full message? No, not really. Yep. So that's why it didn't like fully hit. But that is the message. Yeah. Th- so the the journey itself, the journey to get to that place, corrupts, fucked her, and 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 ruins you basically. And and then so and and to take that and we'll just tie it to the whole brand thing, you know. The more and more I think about it, it's like Brand's path was different, but it's still like just as as rife with with the potential for abuse of of, of power. Bro, you can't give you can't give somebody that type of insight into the entire world of world's events and expect that to go in a decent way like that. You want to talk about power? Let's talk about that type of power. You, it's an incredible. You know point. everything. Yo, Bran was Justin Bieber. You give uh, you give Bieber fucking two billion dollars at age fourteen. What did you think was going to happen? Dude was going to grow up totally normal and not be a douchebag for at least a decade. What are you insane? Bran was like twelve years old when a man growing in a tree <laughs> told him, "Hey, man, I'm gonna give you the ability to see everything that's ever gonna happen. Also, fly, uh, but uh, like, and and then and by the way, then things go horribly awry, and the man in the tree is murdered before Bran gets to complete his training. So we have essentially a young Justin Bieber running around with the foresight to know the entire future. Uh, he was pushed out of a goddamn window by one of these." fuckers yeah yeah he, he can't even walk his whole family was brutally massacred over the course of eight seasons yeah no it kind of makes sense that brand snapped too yeah yep that he was seeing all this shit and going yeah fuck these people right like there's yeah humans humans are no good and now i'm not That's... really a human so i should rule basically yeah why would he pick any of these other people and then when you start looking at the visions that he did have and the things that he did know and like the total lack of Bran in this episode, I mean, Bran, <laughs> Bran knew all this was going to happen. He did nothing to prevent it because in the end, I, I think this is, look, man, there's a lot of really fucked up things you can read into this, but the people at King's Landing weren't great for the most part. Were they normal? Were they the citizens? Were they the everyman? Yes. Were they great? Not really. Um, Morally sound, not seemingly so, uh, don't seem to have the best values and shit. (laughs) I mean, you could argue the same thing about like the everyday people in every country and every civilization ever, right? The lower you go, the more normal, the more street level you are, the less education there is, the less opportunity, the more, like there's this very big thing about class in Game of Thrones that really comes into it too. And in the end, these higher ups playing the game of thrones, they don't give a fuck about the people in the street when push comes to shove. Yeah. And that's often how we feel in our real world, is it not? Like, yo, these these old heads in power, they don't care about us. They have no they're not in touch with us. They have no clue what it's like to be us. That's how so many of us feel. And if you really look at things from a bigger picture standpoint, like, and it says a lot about the system systems and the system and there's a lot of unsaid unexplored shit there in game of thrones with not getting more it's like what is the most time we spend with the people of king's landing well it's the uh the fifth episode of season eight when we spend 40 minutes burning them all alive (laughs) yeah yeah 
that and watching them uh, show their dinkies off to Cersei uh, in the shame episode. (laughs) Whore! (laughs) Whore! Dude, I'll still go back and like, that is one of the all-time great scenes in television history. That woman ringing the bell, (laughs) dudes jumping out and like, like smearing poo on her neck. It is just so hard to watch and just so well acted by her. Facial acting, yeah. obviously they had a body double. Um, let's talk about a few of the coolest things in this episode. Let's. Um, number one, Clegane Bowl. That shit hits different, man. That is just an awesome scene. They That is something that people talked about for many seasons leading up to this. So over the course of years, we were anticipating Clegane Bowl. It was so hyped up, like, to get these two brothers finally doing battle with each other. I cannot believe that they met the hype, that they lived up to the expectation. Because everything from the way they set it up, where the mountain just, I mean, crushes Kyburn's head on a, on a corner of a rock. And then just, like, throws his limp body down the stairs. To making Cersei walk by this fight. Like, you know, as she's becoming more and more terrified for her life. Um, and realizing, like, it, it's, it's, all it's, all, it's all over. Yeah. Uh, and then them doing battle. The mountain being, you know, unkillable, essentially. The whole thing is just, it's so good. I also, the, like, one of the things that rung true for me the first go-round was the Arya Hound conversation. And we spent a good amount of time talking about the hound and how it was sort of him saying, look, this is the path you're looking at. Yep. Do you want your life to be consumed by hate and killing? And, and do, do you want, because that's all I have left. Yep. He basically tells her that's all I've ever had was the drive to to, to get, because you got to remember full story here, people, the hound in the mountain is a, a, from a very young age, incredible conflict between two brothers um, where like you know what what was it? He caught the hound playing with his toys, so he held his face in the flames yep. until it melted to the to the way it was. Um, they have this incredible these 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 so many moments. Think about season one, dude, at the fucking uh, feast or the uh, tournament or whatever when they end up crossing swords to save. Uh, oh my god, this was so long ago, Tyrell. <laughs> yeah, the very gay Tyrell. To save him when the hound does that, uh-huh. I mean, that's the first, the mountain, the hound conflict, sword swinging we see. And even from that scene, you feel the like these two brothers and the weight of everything there. And then we find out piece by piece more and more, obviously, and then we get to know the hound so well. But like, yeah, by the time we hit this climax here and this second watch through, I'm with you. It did hit different because that the way he gets to Arya and he tells her, look, this is not the life. Yep. This isn't it. And I'm done. I'm finishing here. I'm going to go do my thing. If you want to die with me, that's a dumbass decision. You need to bounce. Get out. And she's like, thank you. Holy <laughs> shit. That doesn't seem like the route yeah. that I want to go. And then to the way we all see the fight unfold, yeah, dude, Yeah, when they so stressful, bro. They're, they're, and they go back and forth. They're cutting back and forth between Clegane Bowl and the other stuff that's happening down in the city. And so there's that one, there's that one moment that like the fight kind of starts in earnest and their two swords just like slap against each other and you can see like the dust shake off of them as it cuts down and that just like oh man 
six to midnight on that on that sword clank. Um, so that that was dope. What else? What else did you have? What else do you like? Um. Oh man, I wanted to speak to Danny's sort of like. Well, okay, so one of the other things I liked was. I mean, really, it, so many things hit more. Again, every episode we've watched, we're like, man, this really did translate better. And without the burden of having the weight of like, will they close as strong as they should? Right. And with a year removed to really judge it up against other shows and not just up against Game of Thrones yep. and like the opportunity to enjoy it, though, though everything clicks so much better for me. And, and really thinking about, especially now that we've had time to discuss it, Danny's other option, um, man, no. I, again, it's just something about the timing. Her burning these people makes sense. The other option at that point to sit there, see, no, nobody really seems to be stoked. The bells are ringing, but are people running towards the dragon? Yay, yay, it's her. We did it. No, 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 no. She's sitting there by herself. John doesn't love her. Varys is gone. Tyrion's been a terrible helper for three seasons. <laughs> and there's nothing here for her. There is nothing left. So tell me this. For everybody who's like, ah, I can't get over the Danny burning everybody. The other option is literally that she what? Fly over, park on top of the Red Keep, get out, go down, pardon Cersei, go stand over the window and yell out to everybody like, all right, who's with me? And then like <laughs> two people yell back like, it's me, the chick who yelled, ring the bell. And then, the, and then like the one other guy who yelled, ring the bell. Yo, bro, that's not... This whole place is going to be a fucking mess for her. Well, and and don't forget what what the 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 events of this of the last two episodes have also taught her, which is that as soon as people nobody find out, wants her to be the leader, right? And as soon as people find out that Jon Snow has a better claim, they line up behind Jon Snow to push him to push him ahead of her to to rule. So if she, she's going to lose everything, so if she if she shows mercy here, that's going to be perceived as a weakness. And she's going to lose, and she's going everything. to she's going to lose everything because eventually she'll be ousted in favor. And she would have in, been in favor of Jon Snow. So that's she a, would have been. Yeah. So that's another piece of it. If she doesn't go balls to the wall, insane here, she's done, and really deliver home that like you either fall in line behind me or I will murder all of you, like every last one of you, and I don't care. If she didn't then then do that, then they don't then she has she doesn't have the claim she doesn't have the power. It's over for her if Danny doesn't do what she did in this episode, she will not be queen. And she decided sitting on that wall, playing seven seasons through her head. Yeah, nah, uh, uh-uh. uh, I didn't come all the way here for that. You could see the rage building in her face, and then and then she goes. That was the thing I struggled with the most in all of season eight. More than the Night King, more than anything, it was yep. it was this gr- the little girl that I watched grow up that I wanted right. to be yep. this savior, this queen. Watching her break, I couldn't I couldn't make it work logically in my head. And now I have almost no problem with it. It's literally just the timing of it where you the bells ring, and I didn't I don't have enough time as I'm watching the episode unfold. With the time removed in a conversation like this, yes. As I'm watching the episode unfold, I still don't have the full click where I'm like, okay. I mean, she had no option here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I, I, I get that. When when we sit here and we talk for 30 minutes about it, it makes a ton like, of ah. sense. You can really, really get behind it. But 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 yeah, it's 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 it is a 
quicker snap in the episode and it was a challenge and, yeah. and it's a yeah um now i don't know how last year i remember talking about we we talked about some ideas and and there were there were calls for like a potential like moment where she kind of flashes does like a little flashback or relives some of the stuff that's happened over the last two and a half years to to her in her head and so we get like more of that like this is what she's thinking about right as she makes this decision yeah but that would have been but right that would have been a that would have been a gimmick we would have faulted very on the nose game of thrones we would have faulted game of thrones for relying on something so elementary so yeah we would have roasted the shit out of them um you know they they did what they had to do uh i it look this is a, a what Another piece of this I was thinking about watching back that makes it hard. And I did speak a little, I I spoke to this a little bit last year, but I still didn't, it was a little bit better for me this time, but I still did not love the Cersei treatment on this episode. And it's, she's stuck up in the tower. And so it's, it's, it's difficult to, because uh, another reason that it's so difficult is because you know, we we remove ourselves from Daenerys's point of view as she burns the city, which was a conscious decision and one that I largely, I think I agree with. I think I like. I do too. I think I like the play to not show her as this is happening. All we see is the bottom of the dragon. Essentially, she is the dragon in in, in this moment anyway. So it, it really it doesn't. It's all the same. I love, I don't, I don't, I love the move. I don't I need to see her face, but. We do at the same time see a lot of Cersei face and we see a lot of Cersei emotion and we see a lot and we see Cersei crying and we see Cersei in denial about what's happening and struggling to reconcile with the fact that she's probably about to lose her life. And then she, and, the, and then she gets moments with her, her one true love and, and brother and father of her four children. And so it's just like while we're watching one of our favorite characters make an unredeemable irredeemable act of violence at the same time we're watching one of our least favorite characters get these kind of like emotional moments as she prepares to die and so it's like those two things really are like they're on the same side of the scale of like don't do this to my brain you know what i mean Uh like this is not what i wanted I know, and so hard, but... so th- so that makes it doubly hard, and 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 so I you know I I think about like you know it, maybe it would have been a easier to kind of deal with if we had gotten a mo- a more deserving Cersei death, one which is both more satisfying to the audience because she's a terrible human being, and so we would like something a little bit more you know heavy handed and and and. Let's be honest, violent for her, like vengeful, yeah, vengeful. And at the same time, we would have gotten a, a more a Cersei that we were more used to as well. Cersei would have been defiant. She would have spat in the face of whoever was about to execute her. She would not have gone down easy. You know, she, she would have had great lines. She would have had yeah. great lines. She would have basically told everybody to fuck off. You know, I, I I do it all again, basically type of thing. And that would have vibed more with the Cersei that we know. So on one hand, it's like I get that they're tearing her down, they're making her small. They are they're they're putting her in a very non-Cersei-esque position here. But I, you know, it it's just it's it's those two things combined that that make this like kind of difficult to wrap your head around, I think. So let's let's let me try to walk in the same way we did with a couple of the other things we just said we had struggles with. 
let me try to walk through the reasoning that I think with the Cersei stuff because this is a, every every again. I think if you play it the same way you do with Danny, <clears throat> excuse me, where you look back at what she's endured over the course and gone through, not really endured so much in her case. Well, some endurance, but also mostly uh, doing horrible shit <laughs> um, herself, making other people endure. If you go back through everything that she's gone through, everything that's happened, everything she's done, what matters to her, how many children she's lost, Cersei has always been in a in a in in the uh, she's always been the aggressor. She's always been the one making the moves, getting people off. Like get, she's re- evil. We always felt like she was a threat, right? She was the threat. Cersei is a threat, and in the end. She's she's in this position. She has this fleet. She's put herself in what she believes to be the best possible position to defeat this dragon queen. She's forced them to fight against the army of the dead by themselves, refused to participate in the battle for humanity, um, and she's posted up in a keep that has never been breached, never been broken, with the greatest fleet ever built outside of that, the gates. They've already killed two of these fucking dragons with relative ease. Well, uh, one of them, but the Night King took care of another one. And she believes, I mean, I've put, she's like, I've put my, she's up fucking three games to one, bro. She's mm-hmm. she's put herself in the best possible position to win. And she's, and to watch her have to stand there and have no power, have no, no answer to what ultimately is a greater evil than her. She doesn't believe Danny will go there. She doesn't think Danny has the stones to break bad. Okay, yeah, bitch, you want it? Murder all these people then. Let's see it. So when she starts doing it, the look on Cersei's face is the the admission that she is not the biggest threat. She is now looking at something she cannot conquer. She has no way of dealing with that she knows is, is it's over. From the second Danny starts flaming and all those other scenes we get of looking at Cersei it's just that it's just it sinking in for her that everything she's done, gone through, fought for, the treachery, the evil decisions, every horrible thing she did, it was for nothing. Because in the end, it power is power, sure. But what does she say? When you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. She didn't win. She knows she's gonna die. Yeah. It's fucking over. Like she is facing a power and an evil that in the end, Danny had more evil in her than Cersei. She was willing to go further. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I do appreciate the the kind of the 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 downward trajectory, right? She she's up and she's up at a high point in the tower. And as this is happening, she has nowhere to go but down as the That's some beautiful shit, man. As as the weight of all of this is literally like every decision she's ever made, it is crumbling on top of her. Symbolically, it's flawless. Yeah, and, and I do, and then I also like that that they do, especially when Jamie gets there. She has a little bit of hope. That gives her a little bit of hope, and then as they make their way down to the last possible p- potential escape, it is completely closed off, and there is no hope. It it so you're in a basement with no light, with no windows. With no view as to what's happening anymore, under the entire tower, and like it's all gonna fall down. The weight of the world down. on top of her. So it's 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 pretty, it's pretty poetic, and I and I do give them that. And I I'll say this as as a as a plus plus as well. I like. I'm with you. I, I, in the end, I, I hate that we didn't get to see Cersei in action more, or like doing. I don't know. It, it, it does stink to watch her in the window. I'm just saying it makes sense storytelling wise. Yeah. I like the moment 
in the basement where we see her drop the act. And she's crying and she tells Jamie, I I don't want to die. Like, please, I don't want to die. Like, she's always put up this this act. She's not scared, right? And it's what all people, there's so many people, especially powerful people. Yeah. You think powerful people aren't scared just like you and me? Man, everybody's fucking scared. Shit is scary. Life is hard. This bitch is terrified. She's terrified the whole series, but she puts up the front. And then only when everything is taken from her, when there is no more hope, when there is no chance, it is over. We see like almost the little girl version of her again. I mean, she's crying. She's with her brother, her lover. Every every decision she made, man, um, it was wrong. It didn't work. It She was bad. You could put it this way, like, she damned herself almost. And for what? Like to still lose to the dragon queen from across the sea? Like all of it just sort of like preaches to, man, if you want to be a trash human and all you want to care about is power and getting power and ruling and like being in control, like that's tight. But that is a very fucking risky way to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the end, you may end up feeling like Cersei down in the basement with the whole, it's like you you built nothing. You lost, she lost all her kids. She she got nothing. So in the end, this woman that we watched, we hated, she did so many bad things. She did get what she deserved. She got nothing but right. pain and suffering out of her life. Yeah, that's that, those are good points. Good points. Oh, one more thing I wanted to touch on before we bounce into anything else. Great. The, there's like another moment about Danny's snapping that this time rung so true for me. That really, I was like, Oh shit, okay, I get this. When Danny's snapping and then we get the shot of Grey Worm. Yep. And the the Lannister soldier turns around to be like, "Hey guys, uh, I could be mistaken, but is that not the sound of the Dragon Queen just going ham on the citizens?" <laughs> and Grey Worm's like, like doesn't even answer, just fucking chunks his spear straight into this dude. The moment where Grey Worm snaps, I thought spoke volumes about this whole situation. Yes, I think I that I felt that too. I did. Cuz it's like dude, he, we just watched, look, what have Grey Worm and and Danny been through together? Yep. Missy was Danny's best friend. Missy was literally arguably the only person person on earth that mattered to Grey Worm anymore. Uh, this yes. woman loved him regardless of his lack of cock. Okay? <laughs> and they took him ter- took her from him. Everything about his face, his eyes, that snapping point for me, it was like, I mean, I get it, dude. What, all, what these two have been through, what, everything that they – fuck all these people. Yeah, and, and, and we think about where the Unsullied come from and how they're raised and brought up and, and conditioned to be these unfeeling soldiers. And they, they have their, their humanity taken from them, essentially. And Daenerys is, um, you know, her – her what she gives to them and then his relationship with Missandei, like those are the things that allow him to be human again like th- those bring him back to like a sense of 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 safety and of 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 meaning for his life and so with missy gone and his queen yeah. making this decision like like he, he which which he probably agrees with this is payback oh hell yeah He's, you he's, think he gives a fuck about these yeah, people? He's he's ready to go. He's waiting for this. Yeah, I mean, and and from that standpoint too, 
dude, no, in the end, it's like they've showed up to the other team, right? It, this is the enemy. Everything about these people, what they stand for, King's Landing, the vibe, the fuck, everything about it. It just makes sense that they decided screw all these people and flame them. I have one more thing I want to touch on. Um, I want to ask you how you felt about it's the one other part of the episode where like so many of these things really did make more sense to me, really did hit better um, in, in a vacuum like we're saying. Like, are we happy with the way the storytelling had to unfold in season eight as a whole? No. But it, in terms of on paper, does it make sense? And mm-hmm. is it more powerful? A second watch through God? Yes. The one other thing I have a question about from this episode is wh- how do you feel about Arya's scenes post? So the conversation with her and the Hound and everything leading up to it, great. Mm-hmm. After that, though, I almost felt like – so what was the point? What did Arya's scenes after she decides, yes, I don't want this life, so she goes back out into the streets and she's essentially a vehicle for us to see the mayhem in the streets. What were those supposed to do and accomplish for us, Barry? Uh, good question. So, you know, I had – I largely while watching back this piece of it, I, I was thinking back to how much meaning we tried to put on this scene last year. We had so many different theories about what the white horse meant. Because we were like, what the hell was this? You know, like there's a white horse in the Bible or and like a white horse is one of the four horsemen's horse or something like that. And uh, like, it was like a white horse. Yeah. There's like there's like a white horse in like many different pieces of literature. And we basically glommed onto all of them. And we're like, I think it must, we read a, it must read mean a this. Poem. Yeah, we read a poem yeah, about a, poem a white horse or white some horse, shit. Uh, the, whole, the whole shebang, the whole shebang. Yeah. So knowing now that, that it really, like, maybe they used some of those things as inspiration for the symbolism, but that, that in the grand scheme of things, it really didn't mean anything. Like, it was just fate that the white horse was there waiting for Arya to to, to help her out. And it was a, a cool shot, basically. Um, I didn't really try to, this time around, I didn't try to. People imbu- tried to say the horse was the hound. <laughs> Remember this? People were like, that was the hound. People were like, that was the hound's soul. <laughs> I, did, no, I, did, I didn't try to imbue it with a whole lot of meaning. So I, I think that largely it, it served two purposes. It was, weren't we cutting back? Well, we're, 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 we're cutting back and forth between Arya and the streets during Clegane Bowl. A, a little bit. In, and I think also with the Cersei crumbling shit, I think. Yeah, okay. there's and cutting back the, and forth. So it's so part of that is that they like wanted to do these cuts. Obviously, they wanted to show various things going on, just kind of to, to to emphasize the the mayhem, like you said. But then I I think I think first and foremost we're just seeing she's the audience avatar, like you said here. Like we're just this is our window into just how decimated the city is, and it is you know it 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 looks like Pompeii. It's covered in ash. It's it's mm-hmm. burned to a crisp. Everybody is dying. There is no, the she can't save even the the little the the little girl and her mom. Like it, like God, that shit, dude. Um, so uh, you know, I, I I don't know. It it's a good question. I, I I think it served its purpose. If that was the purpose, did it did it have any grander meaning? I, I'm not sure. Uh, to some to some degree, are I think maybe it's showing that Arya is um. Kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe blessed in a way, like, like there's something special about her, right? Like not only her ability to kill the Night King, but now she's surviving. 
through something yeah, the that, fact that she gets through all that. that nobody else around her is living through like everybody around her is dying and she's managing she she blacks out like three different times and then comes to and is able to to get out of here so i think maybe it speaks to to the fact that there's you know that she's she's destined for for something i guess it's that at the point we get those aria scenes i have already seen this episode and i had already come to you know i've I'm already terrified by what Danny's doing. And Arya sort of provides us with the street view. Because we get these big shots, right? The dragon right. going by, flaming 100 people at once. But she's like the street view yeah. of just and – you, and, and to remind – like, man, one of the things that hits you watching this episode is like, you know, 30 minutes pass from the beginning of the bells going off and seeing all this stuff. We get to Arya. Dude, Danny's still flying around. Yeah. Danny's still flying around with her finger on the trigger. Yes. And that's where we get to like, I think hundreds of thousands of people died here. Because you got to remember, millions of people in the city. And she's legit, like street by street, just like, like, it's fun. And so when we get the Aria street view, it's, it really hammers home and brings home just how horrific. Yeah. Everything has gotten down there. I do. And I forgot, I forgot, you you know, you, you forget that, that, that. Daenerys burning the city. I mean, in Showtime alone, it goes on for what, like thirty minutes. Yes, like it, it like yes, and it's a and process. There, there are these moments in time, uh, even when Cersei is looking out from the keep and seeing what's burned so far, and it's like a quarter of the city at, at those points, and then like twenty five minutes later in the episode. After Arya running through the streets and after Cocaine Bowl and after Cersei is further down in the keep, like she is still out there burning streets. So it, it, yeah. uh, it like all that is ser- is serving the purpose that like this is not. She doesn't go a quarter of the way and say, OK, you you fuckers want any more of this? You better fall in line or this is happening to the <laughs> other three quarters of the city. No, no, no. She just goes. I'm doing the, the whole, whole city. way. I'm doing the whole city. Until she feels better. Until it's yeah. like. Street by street, she's like, ah, oh, the anger is starting to dissipate a bit, but uh, I think about twenty, thirty thousand more of these people, and I'll feel better. Um, no, you're right, man, and it also gives us, I think, those aria scenes to answer my own question. They accomplish, they bring home why John has to do what John does in the next episode, which is that, yeah. to your point, this isn't a woman who did a few streets as a show of power. Or like just started flaming the ones who were shooting her the bird or taking their dicks out. She's <laughs> killing everybody. Everybody's dying and she does not care. She's going street by street. Arya's down there. She's killing her own soldiers and shit, dude. Yeah. Like Arya's fucking down there like trying to save lives. Little kids right. are getting flamed. There's no reason for any of this. She's just literally a mad woman. She has snapped and it's supposed to kind of serve as reaffirmation like – Danny is irredeemable here. This is over. You don't see her face because she is no longer the Danny you knew. Right. Yep. Um, and and Arya is sort of our vehicle to like it's a strange vehicle. That's the reason it's weird, because it's Arya. Because you're like, wait, I mean, I just don't know why I'm I, I get what she what they served and they used her for that purpose, and she had really nothing else to do at that point. But the way they tied it up with the white horse and such, it just made us all try to like it was like it felt long for what it was yeah, and just it sort of strange. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so that was really the only other piece of the episode that struck me as odd or in any way like something that I was like, I, I still don't feel so great about this. But all in all, to kind of wrap up my general thoughts, man, this was – look, again, I'm not trying to be a sycophant or like 
There's no reason for me to BS here. It is so much better for me the second time through. I don't know that maybe it's situational and I'm like just so happy to have something to take my mind off the world. Yeah. But dude, it feels like a lot of the shit that I was really angry about. Maybe it was just that I was also just angry the show was ending. And like, I didn't have a good perspective on other shows and where we were. And Game of Thrones was so special to me that it ending in any way was going to piss me off. And it's like, yeah, with some perspective, dude, this was, this was not nearly as bad as we made it out to be. Does it have its flaws? Is it logically a little shaky here and there? Of course. Like, did some of the things have enough time to unfold on screen? No. But on paper, you, you, it's again, I would ask anybody who thought Westworld season three was a watchable piece of television, like, then come at me with one thing from Game of Thrones season eight that is, that is inexplainable. Give me one. I will explain it to you. I think every episode we've gone through, like, we found explanations for every single thing that we initially thought was a massive flaw. Timing wise, no, it wasn't perfect. But looking at it big picture, bro, they did an unbelievable job. And I think it's part of the reason these guys have mostly kept their mouths shut. Yeah. Is because I think they know uh, people are fickle and stupid. <laughs> we're emotional. We're psychotic. We're, we're crazy beings. Especially about the things that we love. Love the most. Yeah. And I think they know in time, we're all going to smile on this a lot more than we did uh, in yeah. 2019, Barrett. Yeah, I think what I am, um, one, just episode as a whole, just to kind of wrap up my thoughts again, I think my biggest question leaving the episode is is kind of the whole like, what is Jon Snow's, what, what about Jon Snow's current mindset is allowing him to kind of let Danny continue? Why does he tell Varys that, that, that it's her choice either way? Why is he, he you know, why does he kind of go along with that, he, even though he, he himself can't be be a party to Daenerys anymore, really like it, like in a romantic way, you know? So I'm, I'm just, that's kind of the, and I I think Jon Snow's storyline is, is the one that I'm most interested to kind of tally up after, after the next episode. Me too. Because they really do in, in a, like I'm on record as saying that I like his ending. It fits him. And I, I still stand by that. It's just interesting how kind of like our hero of sorts really gets neutered for, for this season. Um, but I, I guess that's kind of the point is that, that he's done everything that he can. And, and at this point, like you said, I think you, I thought you made some really good points about him just being flat out exhausted by the entire thing. Um, it's certainly interesting that to know what Kit Harrington was going through. No shit. Through this season, because those, they, they really match up. Unfortunately, um, gives me Heath, Heath Ledger Joker vibes. Which is what happens uh, a lot of the time, because that's that's a sacrifice of co- acting. Yeah, because that's kind of Jon Snow's mindset too, right? Like, like, like you said, I, I like what I liked what you said. Like, I, I don't want part. Of, I don't want to be part of society. Society is awful. This is this is terrible. Fuck all this. Um, Once we go, so well, just and then show wise, like you, uh, like I said up front, I'm loving taking these episodes one by one and really just evaluating them on an episode by episode basis. Um, and, and as we head towards the finish line here, I'm actually, I've, I'm finding myself, I have more problems with the first two episodes, I think, than I'm having with the, with the back half of, half of the season. <laughs> I like how that reversed. Which is, I, right. But, but that makes sense because yeah, for yeah, no, first watch, we still have the anticipation for what's to come. Like, oh, okay, okay. So we're, we're, we're rationalizing the things that we've already seen anticipation of the things to come like oh well that'll be okay as long as they do this and then they don't do that 
well, that'll be okay if, if you know, as long as this character makes that decision, you know, when he gets when he gets to that point or she gets over here, then we'll be okay with that. And then they don't really follow through or, or execute the way we wanted them to. And, and so we're left feeling worse about the back half. But now kind of almost taken in reverse, knowing everything. Now I like the decisions that the, that, that, that they're <laughs> making in the back half. And now I just don't understand what was going on in the front half. <laughs> that's That's exactly how I feel. I'm curious as to how many people listening feel that way too, because you know, yes, dude, it's the thing with Winterfell and there's stuff with the Night King where I'm like, I what? Because this shit in the back half, I'm I'm we're making sense of all of it. We're yeah. like, oh, okay, 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 oh, okay, 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 oh, with some time removed, but we still looked at the Night King and went, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, uh, in closing, with your thoughts on Jon Snow, there's a song I love uh, by the Marcus King Band called "Goodbye Carolina." And there's a line in that song that says, uh, life has a way of writing your story for you, and the hero doesn't always get his girl. And that is Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah, fool had yeah. all these different ideas about what he wanted to do with his life. He wanted to go join the Night's Watch. He wanted to fucking... <laughs> none of it worked out. Like, no. none of his plans came to fruition. And in the end... I'm with you. It's him and Bran who I look most forward to talking about next week because I want to. I, yep. I really want to feel. I want to know how I feel about Jon Snow's whole story when it's all said and done, and then I want to talk about Bran because I think he is the most missed piece. And when you look back at 2019 and everybody discussing Game of Thrones, I don't think we paid enough attention. And I don't think we gave enough credit to Bran's uh, part in all of this mm-hmm. and his lack of action or his actions or lack thereof in many cases. So. Very much looking forward to discussing the finale next week. We have one more episode of the Night's Rewatch ever, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, kind of like one and a half, because you guys can call in and we'll do hotline calls about Game of Thrones all day long. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. But yes, one more episode to rewatch, thus concluding the Night's Rewatch in full. Really, uh, really something. I might cry when it's all said and done. The final episode's called The Iron Throne. Uh, we'll obviously be recording next Friday. Barrett and I will put it out in the same fashion we do every week right here ad-free on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. In closing, we hope y'all enjoyed today's discussion of the bells. The bells. Personally, I think it was one of our uh, finer works ever, possibly. I, I, I am, again, I'm kind of in shock by the way things are going throughout the course of this rewatch. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing more feedback from the Clam Fam and Mollusk Militia on social media. Holler, holler at me at WR Bolin, holler at Barrett, at Barrett Dudley. Tag us with y'all's thoughts on Instagram and on Twitter. We'll, we'll come back and forth with y'all um, and talk a little bit about what you think. Give us your takes. Obviously, Mollusk Militia, your hotline is open, your private hotline. Fill it up with those takes and questions as well. As Barrett said, we will definitely be doing a hotline episode that I would expect most of which will focus on Game of Thrones. Of course, you're allowed to call in about anything you want. Yeah, but talk if I had to us guess, about uh, 000. Curious as to, as to how you guys are feeling about that. And the way it and, closes uh, out with seven and eight, yeah. The way it closes out with seven and eight, and um, and then yeah, love love to hear love to hear how y'all are feeling about the Game of Thrones rewatch, and uh, yeah, yeah. Who's watching Quibi out there? The Just kidding. Quibi. We'll talk about Quibi uh, on Tuesday. I think. I don't even know what Quibi is. Oh, it's a it's a two billion dollar disaster, is what it is, Ross. Oh, I'm looking forward to whatever the fuck that's. That's just sounds great. Good teaser. I don't even know what I'm now. I feel teased. I'm I'm aroused. Let's get to a next week's ad based episode. Mollusk Militia, Clam Fam, Crustacean Nation. Thank all y'all. We appreciate you. Until our next helping. 
Adiós, muchachos. The episode you just enjoyed was originally recorded in the summer of 2020 for patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, where you can find bonus coverage and content for House of the Dragon season one starting the week of August 21st in exchange for your support. Barrett and I also recently finished recording a companion podcast for every episode of HBO's classic crime drama, The Sopranos, friendly to first timers and rewatchers available exclusively on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Again, House of the Dragon coverage starts August 21st right here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening, with a recap and reaction episode dropping just hours after the premiere. And yes, bonus content and coverage, including hotline calls, will be available on Patreon. Every episode of House of the Dragon coverage will also be available to watch on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok at Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, and on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Follow me, Ross Bolin, at WR Bolin on Twitter and Instagram, and check out the Ross Bolin podcast wherever you listen to OCC. Follow Barrett Dudley at Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram. Shop merch at BolinMedia.com slash shop. Tell everyone you know that OCC is back. Spread the word far and wide. And we'll see you here right after the premiere of House of the Dragon.